Welcome to Geek's Corner. I'm Mr. Daps. I'm Katie. And we're excited that you're here tonight for the last episode before St. Patrick's Day. Oh, you <laughs> I like you're about to say Geek's Corner's canceled. No, no. We, we would that was scary. That, that would not happen. Geek's Corner's not getting canceled. No, it's going to go on forever. We go down with the ship. Forever. Yes, that is that is true. Um, hopefully that is great. Um, Katie, what should people do? You should go to geekscorner.live um, and you can go in the chat. I have a very important thing to talk about tonight. And that is that the Senate. Patrick's Day. No, that oh. the Senate has passed the uh, like sunshine bill or whatever it's called. Save sunshine. You are my sunshine bill. It's called like save sunshine or something. Uh, they are electing to, uh, to keep daylight saving time year round. So daylight saving time is what we are currently in. Standard time is what is from November to uh, so keep the current March. So keep the current one. I like this. Some people are saying that we should be keeping standard time and not daylight saving time. Some people. I am not some people. I think that we should 100% be keeping daylight saving time. I like daylight savings. Uh, so that would mean that we would still change our clocks back. Um, we would. This November. If... Oh, if it passes if it, it, through the house okay, and it. Biden signs it, it'll still pass through. And President Biden. President Biden. My bad. Honor uh, the office, Katie. Honor the office. <laughs> Honor Michael Scott. Got it. Um, <laughs> so we would still change our clocks back in November. We would change our clocks back again in spring of 2023, but then we would never change them ever again. I like this. Um, Clocky has a good point, too, is we should be aware of the Ides of Geeks Corner Plus or of March. Uh, thankfully, there are no daggers on set. What's that? Nothing. The batleth. <laughs> that, uh, that would be a very interesting telling of the Ides of March if there was a batleth involved. Well, it'd be the Klingon version. Which, interestingly <laughs> enough, they just cast a new Captain Kirk. We weren't going to talk about this tonight because the article's not written. But true. Uh, there is a new Captain Kirk. A third Captain Kirk. That's true. Well, only the second, though, in the prime timeline. That's true. This isn't a Kelvin timeline. This is That's a prime timeline. Exactly. But they're making a new Kelvin timeline movie. So things are getting confusing. But that's okay. So with Star Wars. Um, um, I'm excited, though, because St. Patrick's Day is just a couple days away. So we are wearing green to celebrate. And oh, is that one? I'm wearing this Kermit the Frog tie that Angela made. Aww. So very cool. Thank you, It's not Angela. easy being green. It is not easy being green. Just ask Kermit. Um, but before we get into all of that stuff... Captain Thirk for the third. Oh, that's great. Um, no, we don't have a lightsaber on the Geek's Corner set. We don't. No. Oh, mine's at home. Yep, that's true. There has been one once in a while, but there is not one currently. As I'm looking around, I'm like, what is in here? Uh, you don't right. even know what's on no. the set. All right, let's get right into the Week in Geek. And first off, Disneyland is now enforcing its no-show policy for Magic Key holders that they didn't tell us they weren't. I was going to say, which is so funny because we thought they were already enforcing it. Um, I'm sure there are some people that already reached their three and they're like, hmm, nothing happened. But I don't know. What do you think about this? They're they're enforcing it. Uh, I don't... Uh, Laying down the law. The rules are being... So I have a couple feelings about the no-show policy and a lot of things in general. Uh, Mr. Naps does need to build a Savi's lightsaber. Uh, the thing that concerns me about the no-show policy is, like, say you wake up on the day of your reservation and you are very ill 
That's going to count against. Well, I'm saying <sighs> some people like myself are too afraid to even have one um, hit on their. I think that's fair. Magic I wouldn't key. want one either. Um, and so if you wake up feeling ill, you can't cancel your reservation the same day. Um, it's not my favorite thing in the whole world. Uh, but I do think that this is going to stop people from just hoarding reservations. Like, oh, I'm going to have one Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they only show up on Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's good. I just think there are some flaws. I think that's why there's three, though. Yeah, I think so, like, too. I mean, for those of us that don't want to break the rules at all, it seems very hard. But I think it's it's also a reasonable thing. Like, two, definitely not enough. Three, Maybe four would be better. I don't know. But I feel like three in three months is probably fair. And I'm sure at some point they're like, well, one per month is probably safe. Yeah, I guess. Like, where do you pick? I don't know. If you go four for three months, then it kind of feels like off balance to me. Well, I like the number four better. But <laughs> what about the number five? Stay true to Geek's Corner. I like five even better. Um... I'm just thinking of like the logic of where you would go with this. No, I just thinking as somebody who literally just recovered from COVID, my symptoms came on very, very suddenly. And I'm thankful that I we didn't have a Disneyland reservation that day because I would not have been able to go. Um, right. so I don't know. But I, like you said. Let us know what you think in the comments. Three reasonable. Should it be more? Should it be less? Should there be any? Like I mean, be... this is also the, you're now going to also, along with this, gets into the should we still have reservations debate. Which we're not getting into. Tonight. We're not going to get into. But it's St. Patrick's Day week and it's a lucky week. But maybe if we talked about reservations. I don't think they're going anywhere. Okay. I was like, maybe we'd get I, lucky. There's been way too many I'm aware where they've been very clear that we like No, Bob Chapek loves Disney. reservations. Uh, Josh Tomorrow loves reservations. And I, there's definitely a business aspect to it of mm -hmm. you know who's coming and when. Yeah. Um, but it, I'm saying it does go hand in hand with this discussion it does another discussion that we are going to have is turning red is now on disney plus so we're going to talk about that without spoilers right yeah no spoilers we didn't really talk about it but um there's also a wonderful documentary that is about the making of turning red that i highly suggest watching as well uh let's start with the movie what did you think i loved it i thought it was really great i don't know where i would rank it in my pixar ranking i'm having a hard time with that too because um, it's so different a hundred percent and i think actually the last four Pixar movies have been very different from what you consider classic Pixar, um, with the last four being Onward, Soul, Luca, and now Turning Red. Mm -hmm. um, I think they are all very different storytelling-wise, very different animation style. From each other and from others. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. And they even said that in the, the documentary of the making, is that they're trying to create a new Pixar basically like they're trying to break the expectations and the molds of um which you kind of have to do because if you stick with the same yeah at some point it becomes stagnant 100 percent. anyway keep going um i really really loved turning red so i think i think it's great i think that if you haven't watched it go give it some love um and i have other thoughts but that's like about the documentary stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it um, in a different way than I was expecting because I was already really, like, I've just thought the panda thing is hilarious. But then, Red pandas are precious. They are. And just like the photos they've put out and yeah. the emotions shown in the photos, I was already like, oh, this is going to be funny at some level and fun. 
And I actually thought it was great because um, it did what it's weird to me because I think there's actually a lot of parallels between it and Luca. Uh, I mean, they're both coming of age stories. They're mm -hmm. both uh, trying to like, I kind of think it's, it's the, how do you honor your family without not honoring yourself also mm -hmm. like, and you don't, those don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can still honor your family and also honor your dreams. And, um, and I think both of those are about kind of like, going through that process as you're growing up, which I think is, is really an interesting thing because um, they're so completely different in the way they tell stories mm -hmm. and the context and all of that stuff and who's in them. Um, I really thought it did a nice job of building from the beginning to the end where uh, the beginning is kind of lighthearted. Mm -hmm. And then as it grows and grows and grows, the emotional journey grows and grows and grows, um, which I think makes for a very solid movie. I didn't look at my watch once, which is also very good. It's a good um, sign for him. That's a very good sign for me. Uh, and uh, I, I thought the characters and the relationships between the characters also were really solid, believable, and, and humorous. Like, mm -hmm. it didn't get too heavy on itself, which it could have. Like, it could have gone a very different path and... You know, there's so many different types of paths it can take. And then I just like the animation style, too, where it was um, it was it was beautiful, but it was also whimsical. Mm -hmm. And then it also had a little bit of um, I guess it was anime, but it also reminded me of like go back to the 60s and like some of those those TV shows, like even there were elements of it. I'm like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Batman. You know, like there is that that classic comic feel to it as well that I really liked. And um, so two thumbs up. I really liked it. Definitely check it if you haven't seen it. Um, I also thought it absolutely fascinating that the score for this movie is the same guy who scored The Mandalorian, mm -hmm. who scored Black Panther, mm -hmm. and they don't sound anything alike. No. Like, it was, I was... He's also produced for Childish Gambino, which I found out today. Okay. He's so musically talented. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of felt like you were starting to figure out, like, oh, this is his thing with Black Panther and Mandalorian, because there's some crossovers that you could be like, oh, okay, I think I'm figuring out what his his sound is, mm -hmm. um, like where it's coming from and how he writes. But then you listen to this and it was so completely different. And I was just like, oh, this is, I mean, there is some connective tissues there, but um, I was really impressed with the score. And the songs were fun. Yeah, really fun. Yeah. I also think that um, Billie Eilish and her brother Phineas did a great job writing the songs for Four Town. Yeah. Um, that's on those are what i was talking about oh yeah. yeah so those were written by billy eilish yeah, and no, her brother Finn. Okay. that was my aside oh. was and the songs are fun like oh here. i thought you meant anyway yeah. uh they did a great job writing for a very believable 90s early 2000s era boy band which i honestly thought that was gonna play bigger in the movie so did i like that one kind of surprised me a little bit like they were definitely important and prominent but um not to the level that i was expecting um let's talk about the of uh, the trailer the uh the documentary. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, I love it. Uh, most specifically, I love that they focus on the fact that it is an all female leadership team, um, which is the first time that has happened in Pixar history yeah. is that it is an all female leadership team. Um, and I love that they focused on their individual stories and uh, their journeys being a teenager and also their journeys being like creating their own families. Or, yeah, the mothers. And, and yeah. Um, also, I just love Domi Shi. I love the culture she created 
yeah. that was so building every person up. Uh -huh. Like, I feel like most of these making of are great. And they're like, oh, this is a really talented, you know, director of photography, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and you get that nice, like, building each other up. But, like, this was genuine, like, this is why you're really good. Like, they were mm -hmm. specific attributes of, of people. And it was saying it to their face and hearing their genuine reactions. And I thought that was really um telling for why you get the movie you get because you get the support you get not just professionally but interpersonally as well mm -hmm. um, and i thought that showed really nice in the documentary every time there was two people sitting on that same couch with the little bow pillow yeah. you knew they were going to just say something so nice about each other um Power like bow. specifically thinking about like domi and uh rona mm -hmm. um and she's like no you're so incredibly talented yeah, and yeah yeah uh i also really loved the producer who's been with pixar since a bug's life yeah um and she said that uh it had been a long time since she worked with the first time director but the fun of it was that domi would question her on things and say why do we do things that way and she says, no one's questioned me on that in 10 plus years. Yeah. And I had just gotten complacent with things. I um, also thought it was amazing her house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, that's a house. Like, it looked odd. like this is totally nothing to do with the documentary. But literally, like, there's a couple scenes where, like, she's with her kids or they're cooking. Or I like the dinner. cats. And I was just like, this house looks like something out of a movie. But she actually lives there. Well, and it's also nuts. Like, every time they did a house shot, I would always go, oh, my God, this is the Bay Area. Yeah. And like, it's a nice house. Apparently they pay really well at Pixar, I guess. Is well, Pixar is a really story. great and inclusive company that's yeah. that lends itself to people being able to make a career there, yeah. which I think is really nice. But um, I just loved the importance of women telling a story about young girls and like finding who they are. Story. Uh, but they also like they're very they're putting emphasis on this is a story that all young girls have been through, but also it's a story that everyone has been through. And it's a very one way or another. Yeah. relatable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I turned into a magical red panda when I was 13. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but it's, I thought it was blue, but whatever. I think it was great. Yeah. And then I gave it up, which is why my hair is not blue anymore. Oh, um, there we yeah. go. See? Uh, but no, I think it's super wonderful. And I was so pleased watching that documentary. But definitely watch the documentary. And if you haven't, I would say watch the movie, watch the documentary, watch the movie again. And I feel yeah. like that's the way I feel about most bonus features. And it makes me hopeful for more. I'm hoping there's more bonus features whenever they release this on home video, whatever that is now, home entertainment. Um, I don't know. Just because I feel like there's so many more stories to be told about the making of, whether it's creating a character that's specific or the music or the band like i think there's a lot of fun things to be explored in the backstory of uh turning red so i'm looking forward to seeing that i think it's solid i think the only thing wrong with this movie is the fact that we couldn't go down to the local theater and watch it i wish um el capitan is just too far for well, us and i saw i saw an interview this morning and i'm trying to remember where i read it and i i really should have double checked this before opening my mouth but uh domi she was talking about how hard it was to get this through the Disney executives because they didn't necessarily like this isn't their story. And so she's like, I had to go into a room of old old white guys and hmm. pitch this story that they don't really connect with, mm -hmm. which I get to an extent, but a good creative is, is going to be like, OK. And I actually think, um, you know, that's to the credit of Bob Iger is he recognized he wasn't as open to things and that's why he moved on. So I, I definitely hat tip to him. Um, 
but uh but i started you know you start thinking about that and um and it makes this movie even more impressive but then i started having like the secondary thought of like oh is that why it's not in theater and i hope that's not the answer like i hope it was legitimately we want to get this to as many people as possible disney plus we can go to what is it a hundred and something million now mm -hmm. and um and most people haven't watched Encanto five times on disney plus yeah and, and... that that is a good read like when you think about it but i just kind of wish it was the dual thing because this is one i really would have liked to have seen on the big screen 100 percent. and I, I will not drive and to hollywood frankly, i was sitting in a hotel with a movie theater across the hall or not across the hall across the street on thursday night which is when it would have released mm -hmm would have been perfect and there was nothing good in that theater i actually thought about it I um i will say just a minor side note um you can tell disney was very excited about this release because there's merchandise everywhere yeah, it's well and it's screaming for merchandise yes like, so i almost want the red panda go into disney parks you can it, even but... go into target um my friend frankie there's a really cute mug on shop disney yeah i saw yeah uh, my friend frankie was showing me a picture yesterday um he got the it almost looks like kind of like the hamburger bag style from Tokyo, mm -hmm. um, but it is Meimei as a panda. And then when you open it up, there's a blanket inside and the print That's is cute. so cute. Um, I almost wish that there was like a bag kind of like the hamburger bag style where you could just have it as a little Thank backpack. You. So they can be precious. But anyway, that's that on that. All right. Two thumbs up for, for uh, turning red. Make sure to see it more than once. Uh, moving right along later this spring, we're getting more Star Wars. And that comes in the form of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which the trailer was released since we last met. And I thought it was awesome. Not just the music, because John Williams, anytime you get to hear John Williams music is amazing. Um, but I loved the... For a, a show that I wasn't sure that needed to be made, it looks like it's a show that is actually going to be interesting and of value and i'm curious to see how much it connects with you know original series prequels because it sounds like for sure it'll it looks like for sure it'll connect to both of those but then also what is it going to do to connect with the um the cartoons uh what is it i guess animated shows mm -hmm. they're not really cartoons anymore are they they're cartoons the animated 12. series um yeah but uh anyway this this trailer is very fascinating just because of the different elements it pulls together and to me the most interesting part of this trailer and then i'll let you talk is uncle owen mm -hmm. because uncle owen we've always thought is this old grumpy farmer it's a moisture farmer or a young grumpy farmer and it sure looks like he's going on an adventure with Obi-Wan <laughs> which might be why he's so anti-jedi that would make sense hope. like because there's always kind of been a disconnect to me from the end of Revenge of the Sith where he gets Luke from Obi-Wan and there's not really a huge, like there's no reason for them to dislike all of that. Um, and then, I mean, there's kind of a reason, but it's not elaborated well enough. Mm -hmm. And then you get to A New Hope and he's pretty anti-Jedi. Uh, and so I'm wondering if, if we're going to discover that this is a a front that he's putting up in a new hope, which is very possible um, looking at this trailer or if, if he genuinely comes to dislike the Jedi. Um, Cause I love the idea that he becomes part of the protection of, of Luke Skywalker. And we get to see how involved he really was and how he's a hero in his own right, which makes 
their deaths in a new hope that much more tragic yeah and and also uh mean more so it'll yeah. be it'll be very interesting uh clocky said it has a tough timeline canon to adhere to yeah there's a lot going on both uh in the live action stuff we've already known i mean you really want to get dig, dig crazy on this you have to navigate through clone wars rebels revenge of the sith and all of the prequels don't forget solo oh and then you've got rogue one coming up and the prequel to rogue one which is going to be a series also on disney plus followed by original series and then the sequels your turn i liked that they used duel of the face <laughs> <laughs> uh no so this is a very in-depth discussion that we were having before the show after we watched the trailer um because i watched the trailer we for the flat out say we don't have enough time to get through the whole thing but no we'll do our best uh i watched will be Geek's corner plus there will be Geek's corner plus tonight <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> that's our first time back in doing a proper show in three weeks yeah so yeah. Um, so like, what two? No, it is three. Three, yeah. Because the Dapsies were two weeks ago. When it was an improper show last week. <laughs> well, I said we. Yeah. Me. I know, but it was. I was just being funny. Any whoozle. I watched the uh, trailer on the shareholders call. I was very sick in bed, so I was like, maybe I didn't like it because I was sick in bed. And then we rewatched it again now, um, and I still don't care for it. And the reason is everything you just said mm -hmm. of oh you have to take into account all of it, it feels like you have to take prerequisites to watch obi-wan and i don't want to do that like well, and hopefully like to me if that's what you like let's say you watch this and you feel like oh i should have done the homework then they failed in the storytelling that's true because if you think of like i really think that's something that's been successful with most of the skywalker movies mm -hmm. is you can step into any one of them whether it's a new hope force awakens uh revenge of the sith and within a couple minutes you kind of have a general idea what's going on and mm -hmm. really like you can have all of these backstories and sidelines and what everything but the movie stands by itself like force awakens without even knowing what's going on you know what's going on and it's it's they did a nice job same with a new hope like there's standalone movies that tell a solid story empire strikes back um and that's the reason that season one of the mandalorian is perfect star wars to yep. me it tells a new story um it's very fun it's very exciting i like it is my i always say um the mandalorian season one is my favorite piece of star wars canon it's great period yeah um season two they 100 percent started hitting you over the head with things that if you have not watched everything you don't understand yep i agree um so yeah that's kind of where i'm coming from is i have not watched either of the animated series i have tried i just couldn't get into them um but it's just starting to feel very overwhelming to be a star wars fan i think that's fair yeah um and but i also think that shows a failure in storytelling if that's what it ends up being and, and yeah. that would be a bummer um and it'll be interesting because uh, deborah cho is the one behind this she's the director and she was at the beginning of the mandalorian which mm -hmm. could be good things um but you just don't know like there's a lot more history and depth and uh wait i think is actually a better word when you get into anything skywalker related mm. and and obi-wan is like on the side of that so i think there is a lot of risk that they have as they're going into this and uh they're already i heard rumors that they're already discussing the possibility of season two um which i don't know what i think yet like it'll 
I'm very intrigued by it. I will say, most importantly, I love Luke Skywalker going vroom vroom. Um, yeah, that was cute. I want him to go to Tashi Station and pick up some power converters. You know what I don't want him to do? Go to Tashi Station and no, pick I don't, up some I power would like converters. That. Okay. <laughs> I don't want him, like, when they're showing that thing of him going vroom vroom on the, on the whatever that is, I don't want them to zoom in and him to yell over to Uncle Owen. Now that's pod racing. Oh, I want that so bad. <laughs> I didn't even know I wanted that. It'd be pretty funny. Now that's pod racing. Because then it'd be like connecting to his dad. Like, so my favorite thing, and I know yeah. I've told I know I've told the story on Geeks Corner before, but I'm gonna tell it again because I find it hilarious. I went through a phase where I couldn't stop saying now that's pod racing to everything. Anything that happened, now I would say again. now that's pod racing. You just triggered something in my head. It might. Um all that to say, I went through this phase for like three weeks. We go on Star Tours, we get the pod racing scene. Mr. Dapp slowly turns to me and goes, This is your fault. <laughs> Anyway, that's one of my favorite. Um, it's just really funny. Uh-huh. Now that's pod racing. That is pod racing. That is pod racing. All right, let's move right along. We've got another trailer this week, and that's for actually today for Miss Marvel. And Yay! I will admit I love everything I've seen about this. Yeah, same. Like I love the the comic beginning of it with the, the speech bubbles the, and the... Yes, thank you. And um I love the fact that it seems like they're leaning into it's kind of like any comic book fan dream come true where they get to become the heroes that they read about. Yeah. And, and it seems like that's what they're leaning into. And it's, it's kind of the underdog becoming um, underdog. Um, if you've seen that cartoon way back in the day, you haven't, but um, that was before I was born too. They made another underdog. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't see I didn't that see one it. either. It didn't look good. <laughs> um Yeah. It's kind of really fun. We should find that one and put it on the Geeks Corner playlist. It's a it's a hilarious song. Tell us what songs you should think should be on the Geeks Corner um, playlist. Yes, geeky songs. Let us know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by it. I'm curious. Like they haven't really. It's the first trailer, so there's not really any like, hey, this is the bad guy, or this is the like this is where it's going. But it looks like fun. I think it looks so fun. I love that they lean a lot into. Um, Kamala's culture. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Um, I also love that she's just a teenage girl. Like, I think that's so awesome. It was interesting too seeing this right after seeing Turning Red. Yeah. And almost feeling like, wait a minute. I feel like I kind of just saw this. Like, but it's not a bad thing. No, 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 it no. Was... I was going to say because how many times have we watched stories of young men that are like yeah in the same position yeah um so i think that we're in this new renaissance you could almost call it of women-led stories um and it's maybe time for men to realize that they can also relate to these stories just because just they are not the centerpiece of it together uh that scene where she's sitting on the lamp yeah. post Felt feels very... so spider-man um specifically no way home or not no way home homecoming yeah when he's like the friendly neighborhood spider-man don't but don't you think the two of them would be hilarious together oh 100 like because they would especially for where he's at in his life now like yes there's i feel like so many it may it probably won't happen but at least not anytime soon but i'm like oh that would be so fun because she kind of has that civil war um peter parker energy yeah like when he's like you know that really old movie empire strikes back and yeah. then ant-man says i'm sorry what did he say yeah yeah but yeah and and i think they both 
kind of are very relatable and approachable. Yeah. And, and so I think it'll be a fun, uh, a fun series. I don't remember how many episodes there are, but probably uh, six knowing Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other fun, exciting things going on in the world of entertainment is we found out that, holy moly, the Muppets are going to mini golf. That's good. Uh, you should be proud of that one. Did you see my title? I did. Okay, I was proud of that. Too. Yeah, I was going to say you should be proud of that. Um, I, I didn't quite hit my title there, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> but that close. is right. The holy moly mini golf commentary show will have the Muppets in this season. I love which... that. <laughs> It's only three episodes long. That's fine. What um, Muppets do you want to see specifically covering mini golf? Uh, Kermit and Gonzo. I was going to say, I need Gonzo. Well, I, I actually want more. I want Kermit, Gonzo, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, uh, Scooter helping out. You just want to name every Muppet right now. <laughs> he's about to name. He's going to set Big Bird's there for some I mean, reason. I kind of feel like Beaker and Dr. Bunsen Honeydew need to be there just because well, something bad Beaker needs to Beaker. hurt. get hurt. Um, no, like... It was like dream casting this. I think Gonzo is a perfect choice. Um, I also he could be down. He could be like on the sidelines. Yeah. Because they have a sideline reporter. And I've watched like one episode of this. <laughs> and it was like, I wanted to like it more than I did. Like it's, okay. it's kind of hard to watch, but um, I, I think part of it is because I think of like how much better we could do. <laughs> well, cause they're kind of leaning into the national dog show thing. Like, and they're trying to make it funny, but they know they're trying to be funny. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes it's better for just putting people who aren't funny and actually take it seriously and just go. Mm -hmm. And I think that would be funnier. But I also think uh, Rizzo would be a great choice. Also Pepe. I I bet Pepe will. I'm sure Pepe will be there. Mm -hmm. um, Uncle Deadly would be a fun Uncle choice. Deadly would be funny. Um, very funny, Bailey, speaking of Uncle Dudley specifically, in the second to last episode of this season's Below the Frame, um, Stephanie DeBruzzo interviews Matt Vogel on his own podcast. Um, and he talks about Uncle Dudley and he says something so funny of Uncle Dudley can be the straight man and he can also be he the can. comic relief depending on who he's in a scene with. Yep. And he's like, if I'm uh, with Piggy, like I am straight the straight man. man um, but depend like it was it was such a fascinating thing. Um, and Bailey, I thought of you because Uncle Dudley makes me think of you. Uh, Fozzie would be a very good commentator. By the way, we're in Geeks Corner Plus now. Welcome As to of a minute ago. Welcome to Geeks Corner Plus. Do, 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 do. Um, another one that could be really funny is Statler and Waldorf because <laughs> you don't even need anybody else. You could just have them. It's true. Commenting on the whole thing. Um, and that I think would be amazing. Yeah, like, I don't know. Um, I don't want Waldo C graphic there. Why not? I mean, he might be as obnoxious as the golf show. Maybe so. if he's the golf ball. Yeah, you don't know. Um, yeah, I'm very curious to see how this plays out. And and it was kind of nebulous on what exactly they're in. So I don't know if they're in all three episodes or is it like one episode and hopefully it's the first one. Like it'll be interesting to see how that plays I'm out. just always excited with more Muppet stuff. I agree completely. All right. Our final topic of the night is it is St. Patrick's Day in just a couple of days. And what does that mean, Katie? It means food. It means green corn dogs. It's disgusting. That's, it's, get that away from me. This is what you can get on St. Patrick's Day at the Disneyland Resort. Would you eat it? Do you want my honest answer? I would. Yeah, I'd eat it. 
I don't I don't know. It's just a corn dog, but it's dyed green. That's it. I just have to wonder how much dye do they have to put in that thing to make it green? Oh, you will regret it within 12 hours. I guarantee you that. You will regret <laughs> eating that much food dye. Um, it's just the look of it is so icky. Like, and then like I dip my corn dogs in ketchup, so like adding that to the adding that to the mix. <laughs> the mustard would actually be better in some ways. Um, disgusting. So then, here's my question. What's your question? You have some Irish in you, like ninety five percent. Yeah, some Irish. Yeah. What is your favorite Irish dish? My favorite Irish dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do love a shepherd's pie type of that is hard to type make. of deal. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like corned beef and cabbage, which technically is borderline not Irish. It's it's actually it's, it's, it's an Irish American thing. It's Irish adopted. Yeah. Um, when we immigrated to America. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will be having corned beef and cabbage on my my uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, which funny enough is not where any of my Irish from comes from. It's where my Polish comes from. Um, but he loved corned beef and cabbage. Um, and I just, I just, I like it the one time a year and I love the corned beef sandwiches afterwards. Even that's fair. Better. Like, I, I think that's just one of the best things on the planet. Um, and, uh, and then I also love watching Darby O'Gill and the little people. <laughs> I've never seen it. Uh, that's what you do is you come home from work, you put on Darby O'Gill and the little people, you start cooking your corned beef and cabbage, you know, whether you're doing it in pressure cooker or, um, slow cooker or whatever, uh, you can boil it, I guess, uh, instant pot i'm off on thursday you could do that too and then you watch darby o'gill and the little people Mm -hmm. and you smell the corned beef and cabbage and then you're good to go right yeah there you go green beer (laughs) and green beer uh better than a green corn dog yeah by far i that's i don't know it's just it's so visually upsetting i think it's hilarious and like i know uh, i know (laughs) it's upsetting for me to look at um i know like and then the question is does it actually look like this oh no like absolutely not because i'm betting like is that really a hot dog and a corn Uh, around it no i almost guarantee you it's going to look a much paler green or browner yeah yeah um i don't know i still might eat it like don't get me wrong i still may do it are you gonna go in you could do a you could do a vlog by myself yeah it could be like a five minute vlog and all it is is you eating that would be great (laughs) if you want katie to get a reservation for disneyland and go eat a green corn dog disney california adventure park but it's at corn dog castle oh i thought i saw it was at the red truck too I I wrote the article. I only remember it being at Corndog Castle. I could be wrong, but um, that makes it even easier. It's easier to get them at at Corndog Castle. Anyway, if you want me to do that, let me know. See if I'd have been smart. I should have done a whistling ukulele for tonight of the lovely Irish girl. Maybe if I have time, I will try to do one for Thursday. Maybe St. Patrick's Day. All right. Katie, we're running out of time. What should people do? Go to appsmagic.com. Check out all the Disney and Geek news as it happens. Find out where all of the other St. Patrick's Day food is besides the green corn dog, because there's better stuff being and offered all this the weekend. Parks. 
in all the domestic parks, there's so many better offerings than a green corn dog. I promise you. Maybe. And subscribe to our mailing list so you don't miss anything. And make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a ton of videos that we're continuing to post, including a lot of Fat Cat Swinger, which is playing at the Disneyland Resort in Disney California Adventure for the Food and Wine Festival on Sunday and Monday nights, basically from 4 o'clock till 8.45 um, on both nights. And you won't want to miss them if you get the chance to go check them out. Otherwise, check out our videos. Uh, we also have some other stuff going up on a daily basis as well. But that is all the time we have for you this week. So we will see you around the corner. Bye. Thank you.